tuned in to Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Village Vision Podcast, where community, collaboration, and care converge. I'm Dr. Crystal Morrison, and I'm honored to be your host on this incredible journey. As a firm believer in the power of a united village, I'm thrilled to bring you inspiring stories, research, and projects that break down barriers in child and family care. Through heartfelt conversations with experts, advocates, and those with lived experiences, we'll showcase the transformative impact of collective support. So join me on the Village Vision podcast as we explore the remarkable collaborations that lead to better outcomes, foster a sense of community, and inspire action to improve care for ourselves and everyone around us. On today's episode, I'm here with Tanya Milano-Snell. Tanya is a parent coach and founder of Om Begins with Mom. She's also a mom, wife, educational consultant, and author. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you so much, Dr. Crystal, for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. So, Tanya, I, I definitely want to talk about your current work because you're doing some amazing things in lots of different areas. But before we go there, I really want you to share with listeners the why behind your work. So can you share with us more about your personal story? Yeah, the personal story is a really big journey to where I am now, and it's still unfolding. So, Of course. um, I think this part about OM Begins With Mom really started when I look back to it as a child watching my parents, specifically my mom, Mm -hmm. but just understanding what my mom and dad were dealing with at a young Mm -hmm. age, their setbacks and struggles and what made them tick was just so interesting to me as early as a child. Uh And knowing that they had this, I kind of saw this unlived life of my mom Mm. that I noticed. So I was ready to like go forge my own path and make sure that whatever kind of held her back from her full potential didn't happen to me. And Mm -hmm. so I took it, I took it like to the complete opposite, (laughs) right? Like I'm going to do all the things, high ambition, college degree, master's degree. I didn't go get the doctorate yet, but maybe that will happen at some point that I saw that was my path towards freedom and living my full life. And it's kind of coming full circle now as I'm my own parent. I'm a parent. Mm-hmm. And so that OM is now finding what is my inner wisdom? What is my inner truth? Who am I really right. as, as an individual? Not my mom, not my kids, but how do I want to be in this world with right. my children? So that's kind of like a, a brief description of my journey. Right. But my parents both passed away six years ago now, six years from my mom. And then my dad was six months later. Wow. Really? And they were pretty young. Yeah, really young. My mom was about to turn 60 and my dad was just, just turned 62. Wow. Two different types of cancer. Mm -hmm. And so I just remember as a high schooler, like health class, like becoming really health conscious and understanding, like I developed that I want to help fix and be the oldest child, right? Like I have, Me too. I want to, I want to save my parents from themselves. Uh, you know, I became that parentalized child as a peacekeeper and I wanted to impart all my knowledge onto them. 
And I feel like there was almost this sixth sense that they were going to leave me early on. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know where it came from, but I just kind of knew this was part of my past. Mm -hmm. But when they got sick, I was uh, a new mom, pretty much, Mm -hmm. of my five-year-old and I had a one-year-old. So I tried to go into survival mode, just like be the mom still, be there for my kids knowing what I needed, like talking to the doctor and asking for, I was like, I need anxiety medication. This Mm -hmm. is not going to go well, right? Trying to take care of myself along the way. I thought I was, but no one prepares you for grief at all. Correct. So about a year after they passed away, I realized I was not okay. Mm -hmm. I was doing what I needed to do, what I knew was safe, what is familiar to survive, right? Yeah, the survival mode. Like, I know how to do that. I can get the paperwork. I can fill it out. I can call the, you know, the funeral service. I can do all that. Mm-hmm. But the emotional processing was a really new place for me to go. And your kids don't let you get away from that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they show it to you right front and center. So that's when I decided I really needed to buckle down and be with my own healing journey. Mm-hmm understand what my emotional landscape was, my inner landscape. I kind of disembodied from that. Mm -hmm. As a child, my dad was an alcoholic. So I dealt with a lot of that in my growing up. And and the dysfunctional family relationships that I didn't understand were actually dysfunctional, right? And Mm -hmm. so you leave and you figure out, well, this is actually not normal. (laughs) It sounds like there were a lot of things from your childhood and and seeing your parents and their dynamics, but also going through the grief of losing your parents at at such a young age that really, you know, really forced you to kind of look at your yourself and, and you, right? So what are some things that you started to notice as you're doing this reflection work that really shaped? what you're now doing? What, mm-hmm. what are some of those things you learned through that process? So I was teaching in a preschool. And as someone that grew up with childhood trauma, I was mm-hmm. already incorporating a lot of things that I knew I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, yoga class with the kids and structuring my day so we could be outside, like things my nervous system already needed. But it became a point where I realized it was more than that. I was like getting really rageful, daily Mm -hmm. headaches. I wasn't sleeping well. And I realized I needed to go back to the things that really brought me joy just for myself, not trying to take care of my students, not trying to take care of my kids and my Mm -hmm. family. I quit teaching Mm -hmm. just to stay with my three-year-old and we would go on nature walks and kind of free flow the day, like no structure. I mean, I had the rhythm. Yeah, the meals and things, but just going into that childlike play to Mm -hmm. really ground myself. And then my husband Mm -hmm. bought me a journal for Christmas and I started really diving deep into journaling and speaking from a lot of it's that early journal, that first year that I was speaking from my child, my Mm -hmm. inner child, like what it felt like to lose my parents and going back and what it felt like for certain things that happened Mm -hmm. that they did to me, right? Like that they, you know, I experienced from them. So that journal, I still pull from all the time that first year of 
what I did was get into like a full moon and a new moon type of practice so that I could have a little bit of structure uh-huh. and accountability for myself get in the bathtub and really thinking about what I enjoyed as a child was really what I was doing. Yeah. Play bubble baths, you know, getting back to your, your inner child, that sort of grounding force for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's what I knew as a Mm -hmm. child. Like if you watch children, they already know what their body needs to regulate self-soothe. And so that's what, as a preschool teacher, I was like, this is what I need to be doing for myself again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what is Mm -hmm. it a roll on the floor you know like what is it that my body needs right now it's true (laughs) and and even with children who might be autistic for example and their certain stimming activity or jumping up and down or hand movements and you know those those are can be very calming activities for even someone who's neurotypical right it's very much those things that we, you know, did as a kid, whether it's jumping up and down or playing on the playground at recess, but it's all of these things that were a very important part of helping us stay centered. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that we as adults could really benefit from recess twice a day. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And so I started teaching kids yoga because I understood that I needed that as well to sure. be, you know, on the floor with the kids and up and down and, and dancing or whatever the movement was, my body needed a lot of movement to get all of that emotion processing. Great. So let's transition and talk a little bit more about the work that you're doing today, the work that you're doing with um, with mom and other work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit more about that. So the word om comes from the Sanskrit. It's a yoga term. It means oneness to me, mm-hmm. inner wisdom. And I think it, wonderful your podcast about community collaboration, all of that. That's what om really means to me. Exactly. And I, I started to think about, you know, how I want to move through the rest of my life without my parents and was teaching really the path for me. I realize it's like how many parents are struggling and that there's this sense, there's this isolation, especially with me not having that older generation. A lot of us, they may not be gone. They may still be here, but they're not really aligned with your values and beliefs. Correct. Right? correct. You're feeling isolated. Mm-hmm. So I realized kind of that is what I bring parents together to do is what are your beliefs and values? Mm-hmm. And how are you going to live them out so that you can either break that cycle in your family or forge a new path with your kids that right. you're helping them to find their own inner wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. Not yours. Like we're always passing on our own story and narrative and opening their head and trying to put our own things in. That's right. We do a good job of that a lot of times, don't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's that's where I've been in the last five years is building my coaching business and my uh-huh. online programming. I have coursework to support triggers in your parenting and also challenging your condition beliefs, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've been going through all of the different things in my program, relationship with mom, relationship with dad, relationship with certain emotions. So we kind of unpack a lot of the different things along the way. The journey that I had to take, Mm -hmm. I put it into 
my own course and program. That's great. And I know from your, your website, you obviously do parent, parent coaching work, but you also extend that work into educators, teachers, but also mompreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about how your work, you know, transcends over into those communities as well. Yeah, as I was getting, after I was getting my certification to be a, a parent coach, I realized this work isn't actually just for parents, right? It's all of you, the mm-hmm. humanness of all of you. Isn't that funny that we're all humans? <laughs> yeah. And I say that, ironically. <laughs> yeah, and it was just like, wow, this coaching program that I learned would be perfect for teachers to understand anybody working with children, anyone in relationship with another human being, <laughs> you know, is this, how do we be in relationship with people? Sure. Um, and I think we've gotten really far away from that in the schools, how yeah. to be in relationship. And so I do work with teachers on that. We aren't actually here to fix and help every single student. We are here to provide an environment for them to learn and to reach their own personal potential. But our system has really become something quite different. Correct, correct. So I do go into take some of my work in the mindfulness and stress management into to schools and mostly in-service professional development. Mm-hmm. So my next question, which you, you've kind of answered already, but my next question was specifically about how are you working at that intersection between community, education, and health? And what are those specific benefits of blending those three and, and breaking down a lot of the barriers that often exist? So what I mentioned the program that I've developed has pillars of connection. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was this really building relationship in a family, building relationship in a workplace, especially if you've dealt with trauma, there's a yeah. lot of trust and you have to build it slowly with time. And I have many different parts of my program, connection to self, connection to each other, connection to your place connection to nature, connection Mm -hmm. to a community, that it isn't just one entity that we're bringing into this sense of community. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that really answers your specific question, but I can't really separate them out. That it's like this whole being, right, that we have to develop. And we all need a different amount of each of those things. Yeah. Well, and I I think, you know, Tanya, that that really is, you know, in short, the premise of of the podcast is that really there's there should not be a separation between community, education, healthcare, being able to work across those different things. We've been taught that there's education, there's your professional life, there's community, there's healthcare, there's mental health care, and that the people working at all of those different areas are very siloed and can't necessarily work across those barriers. And, and so you're viewing it as just one continuous thing where obviously building relationships and improving your relationship and connection has an inherent benefit on your health, something that you know intuitively 
But unfortunately, many people don't know and understand, and, and obviously our systems of care kind of reinforce these silos, unfortunately. So, you know, when I think about your work, your, yes, it's um, um with mom, but mm-hmm. you're helping those parents center themselves so they can be healthier, they can be better parents, they can be better community leaders, and so really transcending across all of those barriers. Yeah, and I just as you were speaking, the word authenticity popped in my head as, you know, as a teacher, when you're working for a government entity, right, you have to kind of put on this facade almost, mm-hmm. that this is me in my teacher role. And it got to a point where I, I, I just couldn't do that in the environment that I was in, that it didn't align with my beliefs and my values. Yeah. So that's what I really support others with is how can we be authentic, set our boundaries, say, this is, this is important to me, speak up, find our voice and be okay with, if you are rejected or you are feeling like that isn't the place for me, Mm -hmm. how can I go forward? That's why I bring the entrepreneurs into my program as well as agree, right? Like we have to find our authenticity to live the life we were here to live. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know for myself, I definitely in my 40s have done a lot to get back at that inner kid in me. You know, if it's dancing in the rain or catching fireflies or whatever, I I allow myself to do that, even though previously that would have been very counter to the image I was trying to cultivate. But yeah, I'm going to go catch some fireflies if that's what I want to do. So to wrap up, Tanya, I ask all of our guests to either leave all of the listeners with an ask you have, or what are some of those things that you really want listeners to take away? So I'll let you decide if there's an ask or takeaway messages that you'd like to leave everyone with. I think that my ask would be that if you find yourself really struggling with tapping into your body, your truth, Mm -hmm. your authenticity, that you really do soul searching deep, the inner child work that I talked about. Yeah. Go back and visualize your maybe eight, nine, 10, Mm -hmm. that age where if you just visualize a picture of yourself, right? For me, it's riding my bike through the neighborhood. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you take that image with you, just that one image with you in everything that you do? Because that is your essence right there. I love that so much because for me, it was growing up in the country and hiking uh, and playing in the woods behind my house and the creek behind our house. That's that image that is just sums up my childhood in such a big way. Yeah. And like for me, just even getting on and speaking, right, I have to find that essence Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of stress. There's trauma responses, not the next day. And so that is me, right? That is my essence. I can bring that forward no matter how I'm feeling in the body. Mm -hmm. My other key point is, If you're like, Tanya, what are you talking about? Like you're connecting to your body, right? I'm just anxious all the time. I don't want to feel that, right? What are the sensations that you have? This is what I do in my coaching. Mm -hmm. So if that feels so unsafe, I would encourage you to grab my journal, actually. Mm -hmm. It's so safe. 
You can buy it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. You just start 90 days of connecting to your body. You don't have to talk to anybody. You don't have to meet <laughs> me, right? Like you just grab the journal and start to connect to different parts of your body again, getting to know the sensations in the body. And it's called 90 Days to Joyful Living. We'll make sure that we have a link to that for sure. So definitely connecting to your body, understanding how some of these emotions are affecting you physically, and also giving yourself permission to visualize that child memory, that version of yourself. So great. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for joining us today on the Village Vision Podcast. I'm so grateful that you shared your story and experience with our listeners. And if you're listening, Tanya and I are giving you full and complete permission to go jump in a mud puddle, catch some fireflies, take a bubble bath, ride your bike, whatever it is (laughs) to help you get in touch with your inner child. So thank you, Tanya. Thank you so much. Well, thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Village Vision podcast. I hope you found inspiration and valuable insights from our conversation today. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review, and share. Thank you so much for being a part of the Village Vision podcast here on Word of Mom Radio. Take care and let's keep shining a light on the power of community, collaboration, and care. Thank you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is sure. lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details